right, Inappropriate Earl, we're back. Special episode. We're going to cover uh, a lot of topics. None of them stand-up comedy or roast battle or 80s music related. Uh, first off, we have breaking news and the search and hunt for Magical Mo, the uh, French Bulldog with Down Syndrome. From Road Dogs Rescue at Instagram. And Twitter. Want to make that real clear. And Twitter and Facebook because I liked it all. Road Dogs Rescue on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We were lied to. We were told that Magical Mo was not being let up for adoption until his surgery. They literally made it seem like he was life and death and like couldn't be out of their care. Had to take place. And then about 10 minutes ago on Monday night, it is uh, August 12th. August 12th. uh, On a Monday night, we see that he all of a sudden is now in the loving arms of a billionaire couple. From From where? North Carolina. From North Carolina, home of the nature boy, Ric Flair. Uh, so they lied to us. And also, let me just point out, it's Chandler here. I'm very upset. I've been crying for 30 minutes because I love this dog and I've been trying to get him for two months. Um, this couple never posted about this dog, never saw anything about them, like wanting to adopt and Within 24, not even 24 hours, within 12 hours of this dog being adopted, it has an Instagram handle. So that right there tells you that they literally adopted him for clout because it's like this lady, I don't know, she might be a nice woman, but she's a she loves to let everyone know she sold two companies and she's a billionaire now. And she has a podcast trying to tell women how to succeed when yet she still posts cloudy photos of her with like J-Lo and shit on Instagram because she's trying to get Hollywood's clout, which is probably why she has a dog now to get Hollywood clout. And she's saying like, where was I going with this? I'm just so angry right now because I don't think that they like really were like actively trying to adopt this dog. And Earl and I were privately trying to adopt this dog for a month or two before we came, became public and Earl talked about it on Danish O'Neill and Jess May's podcast, we were privately, like our friends know, for months we've been trying to adopt this dog, donating to the organization, checking on him because they said he needed to have multiple surgeries. And every single time, like Earl went and met the dog when I was in Europe and I, I like begged him to go meet this dog at this charity event. And just, like, see if it was a good fit for Lois and our family. And they, like, invited Earl to other events and stuff because they knew we actively wanted him. And, like, I've donated to other dogs and, like, RIP, like, this sweet baby that was a puppy. Like, I literally was donating to her, like, swim therapy because she, like, couldn't walk. Sorry, guys. I get really upset when it comes to dogs because I love them. She died today, too, in their care. And it makes me really suspicious I'm like very angry at this point. So, yeah, that's uh, not the topic we were going to start the podcast with. But, uh, you know, it just goes to show you trying to be a good person. And Chandler, she's too uh, whatever to admit this. But, you know, Chandler has a lot of celebrity friends on the DL and uh and they've all donated to this organization and like, she's got like 12 or 15 or whatever 13 or 14 of her celebrity friends that she works with and I, when i say celebrities i mean these are like a-list people uh, all following the road dogs tweeting and instagramming about them and they all knew like on my private instagram account they all because i'd posted about this dog they all were asking me updates they all knew Earl and I actively were trying to adopt this dog. We haven't looked at any other dogs because we've been like keeping up with this dog. I literally email this company and I'm like, when is he up for adoption? Because they told me that people could be ahead of us in line. 
I found out on their public Instagram that he got adopted. Didn't even have a courtesy to let us know. And I know we weren't like the only ones in line for Mo, but I I don't. There's no way this couple was ahead of us in the process. I even offered to pay double the adoption fee. And we live in L.A. We live in L.A. We live literally near the adoption place. And this couple flew in, flew in from North Carolina and adopted him when they were in town. How is that possible when Earl's went to meet Mo? And they literally told Earl three weeks ago, they're like, oh, we're having another charity event. Mo will be there. You should come. And like Earl was playing in his hockey playoffs. Shout out because he's really athletic and I love yeah, him. Uh, yeah, that's, let's bring some good news uh, to this shit show podcast, which I may quit doing at any point. Uh, 50 years old. I'll be 51 in almost a month. And I finished second in my league in scoring with two bad knees, a bad back. I missed the game. I'm a fucking warrior. Anyway, back I've to Mo. I've been having to listen to this for literally two weeks. I'm a fucking dominating athlete at my age. And all those young punks who I play against, they're very lucky that they didn't go up against the 30-year-old Earl because I would have beat their ass too. I'm just angry. And I'm not encouraging people to uh, contact once again, it's Road Dogs Rescue on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I'm not encouraging you to say, why didn't you give the dog to Earl and Chandler? But I'm not discouraging you either. This is the great I mean, thing about social media. I don't want to start problems, but it, I does, do. it makes me angry because I feel like I was lied to. If, if a company said to me, you know, we have a lot of people in line for this dog, and... Um, but we have these other dogs that might be a good fit because Earl told me months ago we've been thinking about getting a new dog for Lois because Lois needs a new friend. Because Lois has been acting up lately. She, she shoot up lonely. the floorboard on the right side of my uh, Dodge Hellcat Magnum, which is a lease. Yeah. She chewed a little bit on my my driver's side uh, she, safety belt. She peed on the carpet in our house. <laughs> and she um, uh, scratched uh, my seat, which is barely noticeable. So She just... She needs a friend or she, she needs, needs someone attention. to... Uh, she needs a buddy. ...occupy her brain. We've thought about getting her... A, we've thought about getting a new Skakel baby in the family. And we wanted to get a dog since we both have really good jobs and our seemingly successful in our careers we wanted to get a dog that not only would get along with lois but lois does well with special needs dogs um surprisingly and we wanted to get a dog that we could both take care of because we have the means and finances to do that but also lois would have a good friend and i've wanted a french bulldog forever and earl said well if you find one that's a rescue and because they are incredibly expensive new if you call a breeder literally thousands of dollars because uh, i know from uh an ex-girlfriend who had a french bulldog gifted to her by ozzy osborne the great roxanne rest in peace roxy uh that uh, i believe she said sharon osborne paid like four to five grand for roxanne yeah four to five grand so and they don't live a long time so because of their breathing because yeah. of their facial structure, they struggle. They have a lot of problems. They're, they get hip dysplasia. They have a lot of issues. So basically, Earl was like, you can get that dog if you find a dog that special needs and is cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> so I did. And contacted this place. Was actively in contact. When they finally had like an event to meet the dog that I was very interested in. Because they have a lot of other dogs, but mo fit our lifestyle the best and there's a few others that might have but earl really connected to mo so he went and met him when i was out of town for work met the owners of the organization they like followed each other on instagram were like good friends like message they responded to earl more than they responded to me and i was like literally like i don't care if you flirt with this woman like get this fucking dog for me i'm fine with it this one time and it's upsetting that two months later we find out this dog has been adopted. And not only has this dog been adopted, but we weren't notified. 
I was constantly told he needed another surgery or not responded to, or they would say, check or adopt icon on Instagram. Cause that's when we have, that's where we have keep the most updated for our dogs that are ready to be adopted. And he was never put up as adopt adoptable. I had multiple, I had sent multiple emails to them, like checking on him and making sure he had everything. And to find out that he went home with a couple who literally flew in and like had meetings and just took him home is very upsetting. I know they probably played a lot of money for him and they're using him as clout. Overall, I hope that he has a good life and I really like him. I for one have blocked road dogs on uh, all social media. Chandler has not, but uh, so. It just is very upsetting because I have a lot of friends who are actors or actresses in Los Angeles and work with other dog organizations like dog rescue. And they all know because that dog road dogs is who I chose to like support and donate to because I wanted to get Mo and like, I it seemingly looked like they did a lot for bulldogs and a lot of my friends donated to them. And like, I have friends that are like, not to name drop or anything, but like Earl knows that like work on glow and different shows and donated to this organization. And it's very upsetting how I told Earl a few days ago, I was like, I feel like we're not going to get Earl because they use him as clout. Wait, Mo. You or I feel Earl. like we're not going to get Mo. Sorry. I'm very upset. And Earl was like, oh, let's just wait it out. Because I thought he was going to get a surgery and then they were going to basically do an eBay style, like who wants him the most, which is fair, whether, you know. Yeah, because then I at least understand. They didn't even get back to us. Chandler filled out two, two uh, adoption, adoption things, which are not easy to fill out. It's a lot of like. We have to put our bet. We have to put our household. We have to put how much money we make, which I'm not saying like, we're we make enough special, to take care of this but dog. we both are working paid hollywood people that like make enough to take care of a dog if we make enough to have a kid we make enough to take care of a dog so thank you to uh, once again road dogs rescue <laughs> on uh, twitter instagram and facebook now i'm not uh asking anyone to contact them and say how could they treat Chandler and Earl this way, but I also believe in the freedom of speech. If they want the photo sent of me crying in Earl's lap for the last hour. Yes, that's a freedom of speech. And once again, that's Road Dogs Rescue. Also, we're starting a GoFundMe page today for Earl and Chandler to buy a French bulldog from a breeder because we try to be good people. I'm going one step further than that. I'm not going to a breeder. I'm going to go to like the valley and buy them at a pet store. <laughs> i'm gonna buy uh, but you know what we try to be good people and we got scammed we got scammed from a fucking rescue place so you know what i'm gonna say? in in los angeles so it shows how shitty los angeles is and it shows how they all just want fucking attention sorry i'm going in deep but fuck fuck you all fuck you i literally would just want to save this dog and like give it a good home and you just fucked us over clout but literally want to clout so you know what i'm creating gofundme and earl and i are going to get a literal dog from a breeder or a pet store i'm going to a pet store in like bakersfield where they're like the fucking parents are like the brother and the the sister like i want to i want to fucking literally let or Earl's fans name the dog. I want a French bulldog that has like seven legs and a pro. And by the way, enough of the prolapse booty hole shots they were put putting up to. They did well, that too. They like kept putting Evie who died today, this adorable puppy who needed like it's, it had like hip dysplasia when it was born. It had, it was so pitiful and constantly they always do five dollar friday donations and they constantly like ask for money for her like swimming therapy and she was so cute and i even thought about maybe adopting her because she just had like little legs that weren't working but she was trying to get therapy and she literally died in the sun today they thought that she was taking a nap in the sun and they went out there and she was already gone that to me sounds like heat stroke 
but whatever. But it makes me angry because I donated for her swimming lessons and stuff because I was worried about this poor baby. And then she, I don't even, I don't even want to get in. I don't even want to get into it. I'm very angry. But see, that's the great thing with the social media uh, is you guys out there uh, don't know Chandler as well as you do me just because you listen to this podcast for a while and Chandler's just uh, been on board here the last eight to nine months. But uh, I, I go rogue when I feel burned. And you can ask networks, you can ask comics, you can ask people who've crossed me how it feels to be in my crosshairs. And I will make it my uh, mission in life to uh, just make their life a little more miserable. Chandler won't. I will because I don't care. But uh, I let's. Mean, I'm just sad. enough of yeah. But enough about this story. So once again, for those of you who need to hear, it's like that you hear the phone number on the insurance commercial seventy times. Uh, it's Road Dogs Rescue on and Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. I'm literally, I'm not kidding. I'm gonna make a GoFundMe page for Earl and I to get a French Bulldog, and the Earl fans can name it, and it'll be the mascot for him. But I, I want to get Lois a friend. She's old, so we feel like a Frenchie would be good for her because they're not fast moving. And Lois is very good with special, not just special needs dogs, but special needs kids. And like, if I get a puppy, Earl and I won't have a baby for a long time. So he's letting me get a puppy. Anytime we're at the Grove or a shopping mall and Lois sees a special so needs kid, like uh, like uh, you know, someone who's in she a wheelchair. She like, love on her and yeah. she's like so sweet. She's not like classically trained. She's like literally, you know, she's kind of a wild, untrained dog, but like she has a whatever... Uh, sixth sense about when someone's like special needs or like when i got sick when earl and i first started dating i got the flu and i'm talking like bad like could not move was on earl's couch like so sick lois would not move she wouldn't even go outside to potty because she didn't want to move for me she was so worried about me she would growl at earl when he would come near me because she thought i was like gonna she knew I was sick. Like, she's so good with people. She's so good with dogs. We want to get her a friend because she's been acting out. We think she's lonely. But here's what this podcast is going to be called. Today's episode is going to be called, be called No Good Deed Goes Unpunished. Because you know what this reminds me of is Earl and I have been trying to be good people. We're just a wholesome couple. We did our bad things in the past. We're trying to be nice. We literally stopped a rape a few weeks ago on our block of our house. And robbery. And robbery. Which was the original um, purpose of this particular episode was uh, talking about this Vigilantes. wild uh, Chuck uh, Bronson death wish uh, scene we started. Literally, this is going to be a new a new chapter in the Earl Inappropriate Earl podcast. Every month, we're going to do a chapter of things we have been vigilantes and been wronged in. Once a month, you're going to get this. Road dogs fucked us over tonight. And also in this podcast, we're going to talk about how two weeks ago, Earl and I were going at... I would say midnight to go get um, frozen yogurt at an undisclosed location near our house that we walk. We'll give them to. a plug. It's if you're in the West Hollywood uh, area, it's uh, owned by two lovely uh, a lesbian couple. I don't know their names. They're so sweet though. They always give us a discount, and I love them. But they are very cool, and they're very like they sell uh, CBD gummies, and they're like really good. And they're probably not even really supposed to let Lois in there just because of health code. You know, it's like, I mean. But they know. let her come in because she likes to pick her bonies. And she likes to, uh, she loves the cool floor. Like, it's been very hot lately in Los Angeles, probably uh, 90 degrees. And it's very hot for Lois because she has, you know, she's a terrier of some sort. So her hair is very coarse and dry. Um, so the, their floors, it's like a cold, it's like a cement tile it's like it's very cold in there and, and so they let her in there when they probably don't have to it's called yogurt stop 
in uh, West Hollywood, if you're around, it's probably the best yogurt in town. Yeah, they have such good yogurt, and we always put strawberries because we get the vanilla and chocolate mix. Just saying, it's delicious with strawberries. And the two girls there, and I wish I knew their names, uh, but uh, they're very cool. I, I believe they're a lesbian couple, I'll just assume. Uh, and they have dogs as well. So uh, so we're, uh, long story short, I think it's like a Friday night. It's pretty late. So me and Chandler were rushing uh, to get, I think it was like one fifteen ish So the place closes at 1 a.m. on the weekend. So we usually try to walk Lois around midnight so we can like see the scene, see the freaks, eat our yogurt. And we like to people watch. That's like our thing on the weekends. And in West Hollywood, the people watching is... Uh, it's just on another level. It's like it's yeah. If you're not from uh, this part of town and you're you know, if you're from this part of town, let us know. We'll meet up with you on Friday night and get yogurt together. Yeah, if you're from Canada or deep into New York or anywhere else in the world, you don't get the West Hollywood. It's a pretty gay neighborhood. It, the people watching, there's just like it's just, very interesting. We watched a girl literally sneak in her a drink from another bar into another bar, and it was very entertaining. I digress. On this one night, we were walking to the yogurt shop. We had just gotten there. And we see this transgender. It is confirmed. We believe. At the time, we believed. But I'm pretty sure it's confirmed at this point. Transgender African-American female stumble across the street. But let me say how good this person's body. She had like... Like great legs, like very. She, she looked good. Probably she, five ten. She wasn't like skinny. Yeah, she like had nice clothes. Like she, she was well kept. We'll say that. And big, like double D tits. Yeah, they look good. Like if I got my boobs done, like I would go to her doctor. They looked really fucking good. But she was stumbling towards us, like literally Mike Tyson had just hit her. Yeah. Um, the very disheveled. Direction. Very disheveled. We were walking east on Santa Monica Boulevard. She's, uh, I don't even want to say walking, but like uh, stumbling, like almost goes into traffic. Yeah, so we initially stopped because she almost got hit by a car right um, from Santa Monica near the car wash, and a car almost hit her, so everyone around us stopped. And she fell down. And I look at Earl, and I'm like, I, I don't I don't think that's just alcohol. I think she's on something. Either she's been roofied or she's done too much coke or molly, but she's definitely on something. She is inebriated at this point. So she falls down near some like newspaper stands and we see this guy going the same the opposite direction of the direction she was going. A real grifter. Yeah, he was about forty white. And I believe five eight. And I'll believe he was coming from. There's a 24 hour fitness that I go to sometimes. He had a royal blue Nike backpack. And it's very. Uh, it's open a little later than most gyms, which is why I'm a member. Uh, but it's a lot of seedy people in there. I mean, if it was open truly 24 hours, it would be a fucking bathhouse. Yeah. So he stops, and there are a few looky loos watching her. He stops and, like, tries to help her up. So we thought maybe he was just being a good Samaritan at first, helping her up. And then he's trying to, like, move her down the dark alley behind Santa Monica Boulevard. And well, he's also looking around, like, is anyone seeing yeah. me? And and it was weird at one point. They got, uh, in a t- like, a tiff. Like, it looked like, okay, they know each other. And then, like, a, 10 seconds later, they don't know each and other. And then he was like, fuck it, and walked off for a second. And she kind of followed him. So they go around the corner, nonetheless. And Earl and I stop. We're literally at the yogurt shop, okay? And And I really wanted some fucking yogurt. Me too. Like, this is our routine. I won't speak for Chandler, (laughs) but I was like, fuck it. It'll be all right. And... And literally, I Lois think, wanted her bony. And Lois is like, let's move, pointing us in there. And like, I think we're literally at on the door. So one more step and we're in the yogurt place. Yeah. But then. So uh, we debate. We have the conversation. Is she okay or not? And then Earl and I watch the news every morning because we're that couple. And I said to him. I don't want to wake up in the morning and see her on the news and it be our fault because we could have done something. And he's like, well, let's just follow them for a minute and rather safe than sorry, right? 
Yeah, I was like, all right, well, I think the yogurt should still be open. We keep in mind we didn't you know, know what was thirty ab- minutes. We didn't know what was about to happen. So we thought, oh, we'll just follow him to the alley just to make sure. And this was like a four minute debate we had of like whether or not to be a good person. So we 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 turn the corner down the alley and they're gone. So we're like, what the heck? Maybe they're like behind a trash can or something, making out, who knows? So we go down the whole alley gone we turn up the street towards our house we see them walking like a block ahead of us and this girl is so fucked up he has to be dragging her because there's no way she would have gotten up this alley that quick so we follow them about two blocks now the alley's about just to give you guys who aren't familiar with this alley which i'm assuming is most everyone it's like six, 60 yards it's, yeah it's like six restaurants in a row yeah it's a, it's just to show you the back this is the alley that's the back of the yogurt stop. Flaming Saddles. Uh, Flaming Saddles, which used to be Larrabee Sound Studios, where Ozzy recorded Ultimate Sin with Jakey e. Lee on guitar. Uh, and then uh, Trunks Nightclub. Uh, it's a good, like, two, three-minute so walk. So, Well, I don't know if it's two. Or th- no, I'm just it's talking about the alley. Walk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the alley okay. is at least a minute walk uh, if you're, like, coherent. If you were in the condition that this uh, person was in, seventeen minute walk, you know, a day, it's get a day pass, and so we get to the end of the alley. We see them a block up near our house. In a block, let me tell you, it's a steep block. It's a hill. It's uphill. Uh, It takes for me or Chandler, anyone who's not even in shape, but like just a normal like body function, you know, at least a minute. Yeah, a minute or two. Because it's, uh, it's uphill. So we have a dog. We're like, we see them up the hill. We decided to follow them just to make sure, you know, because maybe he does know her. We don't know. So we follow them uphill two blocks. We're maybe 30 yards back, I would say. And they're up. Not only were they uh, had completed this block uh, in record time. I mean, I could have sprinted and they would have made better time. They're up a half a block on the 900 block of where we live, which is even steeper. It gets yeah. steeper. So this guy either lifted her up and just carried her. Uh, which I or, don't see happening. Or something. Yeah. It was He definitely was on a mission. We'll say that. Um, so we follow. And, and when you get further up the blocks in West Hollywood, it's not as well lit because there's not as many street lamps. All of a sudden, we see him push her into a dark walkway, and we we don't see them anymore. And we're both like, well, fuck. So we speed up. We hear once we get maybe 15, 20 feet from them, we hear a radio noise. And we don't know what it is at the time, but we're both like, what the fuck? And as we around the, around the bush where they are, um hear the radio sound we see her laying on the walkway with her skirt pulled up passed out almost and he is rifling through her purse and immediately i go what the fuck do you think you're doing but like obviously in an aggressive tone and earl is behind me with lois and earl is 6'2 200 pounds pretty big and the guy gets very defensive (laughs) saying that he was trying to help her. He was going through a purse to find her phone and turn her radio off, which her radio wasn't on. So why would, all of a sudden would it be on? You know what I mean? So he starts arguing with Earl because he's like telling Earl, like, I'm married. She's transgender. Do you think it's anything? A, would say what? These are the worst excuses you could ever hear. Like, if you're about to uh, rape and rob someone and you get busted... In West Hollywood, we see all kind of fucking shit. I'm married. Oh, okay. I guess that means you're innocent. Also, when he said that at one point, I said, where's your wedding ring? And he didn't even respond. He didn't have a fucking ring on. So I, the girl wakes up and Earl and the guy are like arguing because he's trying to tell Earl like he's a good person, like blah, blah, blah. And Earl didn't even say he was a bad person. So the fact that he's very defensive is suspicious. And Earl is like, yeah, I do suspect you because this is a fucking weird situation. So the girl is like hysterical. 
And but she's so loopy, like she is incoherent. She's, she doesn't know who she's talking she's to. She's speaking like Shaq at a spelling bee. So what? I like look at her and I'm like, look at me, look at me. I'm a female. See my dog? Like, that's my husband. I'm trying to help you. Okay. Do you see me? And she's like, okay. And she is looking at Chandler like her eyes are rolling back in her head. Like she's uh, like flopping around like an octopus would if yeah. they were out of water. And she's pretty tall. Like she's like 5'8". I'm 5'2", for record. And not the smallest girl. Like she had a great body, but like she was she's like big. in shape. Like she was like holding my hand and stuff. And she like drugged me and Lois to the sidewalk ground with her. And then she starts saying like he touched her privates and he was like trying to hurt her and 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 crying. Please don't leave me with him because he's going to hurt me. And he's, uh, you know, I think at one point I said, what the fuck were you rifling through her purse for? And he's like, oh, uh, my phone doesn't get Wi-Fi. Oh, it's like, what the fuck? You don't need yeah. that Wi-Fi to call 911, you gore. So then we say we need to call 911 and Earl and I this one night didn't go with phones because we were talking to each other. So neither one of us have our phones. And so we tell the guy, we're like, well, you need to call 911. He says his phone doesn't work. What the fuck? Because he doesn't have Wi-Fi. And, but then he says he lives in the building right there with his gay roommate when literally five minutes ago he said he was married. So it was like, and I'm not saying he didn't, like he could have been married to a gay man, but like it was a very sus situation. So she's crying, holding my hand. Saying, he's panicking. Yeah. He's starting to be like, fuck, I got to get out of here. But he's like, I can't get out of here. Like, yeah. run out of here because then it's going to. He probably thought I would chase him. Yeah. Which so I could. Earl and I realize we can't leave her. Earl can't leave me alone with both of them. I can't leave Earl because it's a it's a bad situation. So. And keep in mind, we still have Lois, and Lois is actually being very good. Yeah. She's like, she's like, just chilling. So I yell at the guy, well, if you can't call the cops, just go in your fucking house. To that, he proceeds down the street, nowhere near where he said his, in quotations, house was. So we wait a minute or two. Earl's like, Listen, we can't leave this. At this point, she's passed out on the street. Earl's like, we can't leave her here. I don't want to leave you long, but I also, I can't stay here because it looks weird too. I'm going to run home, get the phone and come back. Yeah, I mean, that's the one good thing about a, a woman probably is a very low chance of getting attacked in West Hollywood because it's like 99% gay area. So. And luckily, Lois is pretty protective over me. Oh, Lois will bite people. So I felt comfortable with me and Lois staying with the, the girl, and I felt okay. So Earl goes to get the phone. Long story short, he calls the cops. It takes the cops three phone calls. We had to call them three different times. An hour and a half to show up to this poor girl who passed out on the street. And when they show up, it was one cop, and he yelled at Earl and I because we didn't call the ambulance. But let's just say that uh, the timeline was uh, I ran down to my house, used my landline. I called the West Hollywood Sheriff's directly. Um, they said, and I made it very uh, apparent that it was a sexual assault slash robbery we uh stopped and they said okay someone will be out there right away so i go back up Name there me. they were not out there right away and she's passed out at this point the victim which is good because from the standpoint of uh we could rob her no i'm just kidding uh it's like she was just less of a headache when she was just <laughs> incapacitated so she's sleeping on the grass uh an hour goes by nothing and then chandler says uh call them again i called them and they were like well we have other calls which i get it's west hollywood on a friday night it's a very uh i'm sure the cops get a lot of uh wacky calls of dildo impalement uh but like you know i 
I made it clear. Two minutes from the sheriff's department. I mean, they, which is why I called them. Like I could literally see the sheriff's station from this rape slash robbery. And we also pay extra taxes because the city of West Hollywood has a different police department than Los Angeles. We pay those taxes for a reason. So which makes me very angry. And then, uh, so I called the second time, and they said, "Oh well, we have uh, other calls as well." I'm like, "Yeah, but I just." told you an hour ago that i stopped the sexual assault slash uh, uh robbery and and they didn't really seem that concerned about it uh and then uh, of course chandler your idea was i called and i basically said since i'm a girl which is sad because i jokingly was like i should tell him i'm pregnant so that they come quicker and he was like don't don't do that and i'm like well okay so i call and i'm like hey um my husband called earlier. I'm outside with this girl. It's been sexually assaulted. You guys said you were going to come. I've been waiting an hour and 15. I'm very uncomfortable. I'm outside with my dog. I just need to know when you guys are coming. And uh, they were there within two minutes of me calling. Literally, I mean, so if there if there's anything to gain from this, uh, if you need help in West Hollywood, it's actually better if you're a girl Yeah. to call. And so the cop gets out. And he's um, mad at us. I mean, the girls, well, right before the cop uh, comes, the sprinklers, of course, this is just the worst timing on earth. The sprinklers go on and they kind of start to wake the girl up. And I'm like, oh my God, she's going to be a handful. You know, she's going to have like that retard strength of who the fuck are you people? Yeah. Uh, and, and we were scared, even if like she woke up, she would think it was Earl that attacked her. Yeah, because I'm kind or... of a scary looking dude with a beard right now. Uh, so luckily there was a pillow that I put over the sprinkler that was squirting her and she went back to sleep. And then the cop comes, kind of gets out, doesn't really seem to be in that big of a hurry. Uh, and uh, and she has a knot on her forehead the size of an egg. No joke. And she didn't hit her head with us. Like she, That knot was delivered to her probably when she was attacked. Yeah, we believe now that we she was probably she was attacked. attacked before because she didn't have on underwear. Her nice clothes were ripped. We think she had previously been attacked before this fucking creep. But the cop gets out. He's mad at us because we didn't call an ambulance. He wakes the girl up and then slowly realizes that like, oh, there's more to the story than like her just being drunk on the side of the street. Yeah. And then dismisses us and doesn't ask for a description or anything of the guy attacked her yeah he's like literally i got it from here and i'm like well do you want to dis- i even I, I actually asked him do you want a description of the the second attacker and he just looked at me like what are you a fucking idiot so i just gave him like you know the description basically chandler gave earlier that you know he's white early late 30s early 40s backpack a little pudgy he looked like he just came from 24-hour fitness yeah. uh, and the guy just looked at us like but oh. earl went outside later with Lois and the cop within 15 minutes had called an ambulance because clearly this poor person like needed help. So, so yeah, I mean, it, it's, it was just very frustrating. So we walked down to long story short, we walked back down to the yogurt shop an hour and a half later and it's closed. So be a good person. No frozen yogurt. Yeah. And uh, speaking of that, uh, it just doesn't pay to be a good person. I, Befriended some loser open mic comic from Bakersfield. Uh, I'm going to go potty break, but I'm real upset about this too. So I'm going to let Earl tell the story and then give you my thoughts. At the comedy store. Like, you know, the comedy store is a freak show. Uh, you know, it's I've said it before a few times. It's an old line, but it's really uh, fitting uh, with this story. It's like the bar in Star Wars. You've got every freak in the world coming up there especially now because it's the number one uh, comedy club in the country by far uh although the stand in new york is catching up uh shout out to patrick milligan and the stand for being tops in nyc uh but that's another podcast so uh, a couple weeks ago there's like this uh girl early 20s she's an open micer you could tell got bad tattoos probably was a you know a contestant on ink master and uh you know she's got a you know she's young you know 
which is fine. But I'm young, and I don't act the way this. But I mean, like you know, you're not a desperado. You could tell this girl came from Bakersfield. I want to be. I mean, I don't know. I want to be famous. But I don't know if it's her goal right now to be passed at the comedy store. But like, she wants attention. You know, you're up there at the number one club in the country. Uh, Even the unknown comics are the top comics in the country. Uh, You know, so it's just you know you got to let the store come to you. You know, you just can't try too hard. And and Chandler, uh, you just you know this girl's a total cunt to me. Uh, You know, the last uh, time we. Uh, had interacted she kept blowing a squeaky toy in my ear yeah she came up to him and you know we're just vibing out earl doesn't drink i don't drink much so that night we were sober we'd gotten there it was kind of late and we don't mind if people drink or anything around us you know people come up to drunk to earl drunk that are fans all the time and this girl came up i didn't know who the fuck she was and was like, can I tell you a secret? And Earl jokingly was like, well, you have to tell my girlfriend first. And then she gets up in his ear. And I'm just in, And he, she, like, takes this really fucking loud squeaky toy. Like a just, dog, chewy. And just squeaks it right at his ear. And he's like, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck, you fucking cunt? And like, I got a little mad. I called her cunt. He was mad. But and if any of you know Earl personally, I've never seen him angry like that except at me once or twice which was like in an actual fight that we both had and we were both mad at each other he doesn't get angry at people ever like you could literally be like you're a piece of shit like he literally did roast battle for years and people said really fucked up shit to him and he wasn't upset at it at all like that that's not him so for me to see him that angry i knew there was an issue so i immediately was like who the fuck is that chick because she didn't apologize or anything because you know sometimes when you do a joke that like fails you're like oh sorry nope she thought it was funny and walked off so earl shakes it off sorry i'm taking over your podcast it's all right earl walks it off goes backstage goes up does a set very funny he did some new material it's great can't wait for you guys just to hear it he's working on new jokes and they're really fucking funny um gets off stage and we're in the back hallway and she comes back and she's talking to another comic and Earl and I are walking by and I see her saying like this fucking illiterate fuck like jo- like you know how you like make jokes at, at someone that you're friends with and you're like being like this jackass but you're like friends with that person so it's a normal thing to do she was doing that and he didn't hear her because he was trying to talk to another person. My hearing's horrible, so if you're not speaking directly to me, yeah. like in my fucking ear. Uh, you but know. I clock everything because I am a mama bear when it comes to that. Well, I was talking to Dave Chappelle's driver, who's Tony's yeah. like the fucking nicest guy on yeah, earth. Yeah, I wasn't trying to name drop, but that's who you were talking But I mean, I no, yeah, I mean, no, I'm, that's who, I'm, I'm name dropping to. the driver. Yeah, but like Tony. Earl was friends. Earl wanted to go say hi to his friend. So she comes back and mind you, we're in the kitchen, which is like a no, no to be in unless you are like a comic, a worker or like with your friend. That's the comic, like a past comic, like you've earned the right to be back there because they're very strict on that stuff. And like, I'm not even allowed back there unless I'm literally holding Earl's hand or with Sarah Tiana, who's my closest friend. She comes up to him and like, does it again in his ear and he like loses it because obviously it hurts his ear. And then she's like laughing and he's like, what the fuck is your problem? Are you serious? Like get the fuck away from me. So then I think I called her a cunt a few more times. It's fine. In that moment, it's fine. And then I was like, what the fuck is your problem? Like go the fuck away. And she like dead eyes, like literally looks at you and you're like, Oh, this person has no soul they're not normal and walks off. But, you know, if she had come up and like, Hey Earl, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize that would hurt, like hurt your ears earlier or like whatever. That would have been fine. But she was like saying to him like, Oh, well, if you can't hear it, why is it a problem? That's what she kept saying to him. And it made me so angry because one, that's a place of business. Like the comedy business is still a business. Just like the film business is a business one and you're not a past comic so don't behave that way 
Two, he has to get on stage and perform. Why the fuck are you messing with someone's ears? I lost my mind. Yeah, Chandler squared up on her like Darren Kimball and Rudy Poshek in Quebec City in 89. Yeah. It's for you uh, older folks. You know, I love everyone at the comedy store. There's like one or two names I do not like that will remain nameless, but they know who they are. Um, I avoid those people just because I'm older. I don't need to fight with people. I don't give a fuck. My life is great. I have a wonderful boyfriend. I have a great house. We have good dog. I have a good career. Like, I don't need that shit. I don't have a problem with anyone. But don't fuck with me or my boyfriend. Because I will hit you. And I box. So I can beat the shit out of you. I'm 5'2", five, 5'3", five, but I pack fucking muscle. So uh, that's... Uh... The life of a comic in Los Angeles. <laughs> you get fucked over by a dog rescue. You stop a rape and... Uh, You're harassed by open micers. Robbery, uh, you know, and then get yelled at for not calling the right uh, emergency service. And then get harassed by an open micer who then has started sending her impression of Chris D'Elia, uh at an open mic uh, in Bakersfield. Where Two it's, past comics of the comedy yeah, store. Like the, what the fuck? So this is for the comics who go to the comedy store who want to get past or, you know, in the development system. Uh, the best way is to just shut up and keep your head down and do your... In Hollywood in general. Yeah, but especially at the store. I mean, the store is like a gang. It's like a bloods crips whatever you gotta let it come to you so and i see it's not just with this girl though i see it with a lot of like open micers on monday nights where they're doing shtick and they're trying to clown on me or other comics it's like i'm already in here so i'm good like i'm not even gonna combat your uh you know roast battle type zingers on me uh, and don't be mean to me because I have a fucking well-paid career in Hollywood. Well, I mean, it's okay, but like, it's, <laughs> but like, keep me humble. You know, oh, I thought you were talking about me. I was uh, talking about myself so, when they like try to be rude to me. And I'm like, I'm not trying to be a fucking comic here. But like, you know, I mean, I think that's the only, uh, you know, negative uh, thing about this roast culture wherein where comics think be they're respectful but comics think their way in is to roast uh someone who's above them around their f- co-workers so they can like seem cool but know? like this is the advice i've like and i'm trash so like take it for what yeah you but want. you work on like three tv shows right now you you actually but i've told other so i've had other comics ask me for advice recently and want to be writers and i first started out as uh i did stand-up comic for stand-up comedy for years but it's just not my forte i'm more of a writer i like to do improv that's my thing so giving advice um i've told people i'm like one don't give anything too much power because that's when they win do your work and don't look like you care too much be respectful to people who've paid dues they earn the right to be there. Be respectful of them. You don't always have to hold court. And a lot of these younger comics think that they come in, they have to hold court. If you're funny, you're going to be funny and no one's going to be able to deny that from you. You don't have to get the biggest laugh all the time in these areas. And it's so frustrating to see that because it disrupts the whole vibe of a place. Don't do that shit. Like, and another thing is like as a writer from a writer standpoint you may be good at roast battle you may be good at like being a bully doing bully stand up comedy you get in a writer's room and you're bullying people or you're just writing rude jokes that are like negative you're going to be kicked out of the writer's room because it's a collaborative process and that's that doesn't show skill that just shows you're a good bully Having skill is being able, being able to write a positive joke, being able to put a positive spin on something, being able to see how ridiculous something is and just point it out. It doesn't mean that you have to put someone down to be funny. And I think that with roast battle, that's like the culture we have now that's aggressive and I don't like it. But we even saw it at the wedding we went to, which was uh, 
it wasn't a roast battle wedding, but I mean, it was kind of, uh, we don't, we won't even say whose wedding it was just, you know, it doesn't really matter. But, uh, you know, uh, that, uh, so there's probably like seven or eight roast battle comics at this wedding. Uh, and that, uh, the one came up to me in front of all the other roast battle comics and kind of ripped into my outfit. Uh, cause if you know me, I don't have a suit. I'm not Jimmy Carr. You're rock and roll. You invite me to a wedding. I'll have the nicest, uh, most expensive outfit on outside of the fucking bride. Uh, but it's not a suit. It's like leather pants. It's yeah. a Barbados. I mean, I literally had on a deep cut lace dress that like sh- my titties were out, but like. But it's a Varvados style jacket and a nice shirt, and uh, she's like, "Well, we gotta, gotta, we gotta look into getting you a suit." Trying to get like a laugh in front of our circle of gross battle friends, it's like it didn't work. Uh, so it's just like I, I think too many people get caught up in the uh, roasting uh, it's world. Like, it's not you pointing out the obvious to get a joke isn't gonna make get a laugh. Well, I could have like said Mark, something very like, mean for to instance, her back. But. Like Mark Marin and even Anthony Jeselnik are negative comics, but they don't point out one specific person. Like Mark Marin has a joke that I'm a 26 year old woman, so I can think it's funny. He says, "You want he one of his like jokes he's been doing lately is like you want to know what's not funny a 26 year old woman." That's not saying this person that's not saying this or that it's just saying his opinion on a whole type of person it's not putting down a specific person when you go up and you look at one specific person and you attack them that's bullying well i mean i love going up against bullies well i am not saying you can't go up against bullies but i'm just saying like there's a time and place and you know if you want to if you want to say what you really think about somebody, get in the roast battle ring. If not, keep it to your fucking self. Because I always tell people, I've been asked multiple times why I haven't done roast battle. And Earl's even backed me up on this. I will never do roast battle because I'd make someone cry. I would make someone literally hate themselves. Because if you want me to be mean, I'm going to fucking go for your throat. I'm going to go for your comedy. I'm going to go for your career. I'm going to go for your issues. Because like I know I got daddy issues. I know I've got this and that. I don't care. I own up to it in my own fucking comedy. That's why I always liked. Uh, what are Brenda, you gonna say? I'm pretty. Brendan <laughs> Lynch battling because he he wouldn't have like hacky. Uh, oh, Earl, you look like uh, you know Weird Al Yankovic. Fuck Larry the Cable Guy. Uh, he would go at your comedy, yeah. which no one ever goes at the other person's comedy. You're not funny. You don't work in Los Angeles. So when's uh, the last time you were paid to be a writer? Well, I think Jeselnik said it on Rogan. Yeah, he was talking about about roasting and roast battle, and he's he's like it's teaching younger comics and not even young in age, but young in experience. You could be forty years old and a young comic if you've only done it a year or two. Uh, that it's teaching them the way to success is being mean. And it's also like you're writing these disposable jokes that are virtually useless. Yeah. Uh, after that battle, uh, I mean, I've I think I've used uh, you know, uh, one roast battle joke on stage when someone was heckling me, and the heckler looked like a person I had roasted. But so- the jokes you've worked on in the last six months, you've used and perfected to where you have a new solid ten minutes. Yeah. In the I mean- last five six months. When there's roast battlers who have been going up and roast battling for the last six months, and they can't use any of those jokes. Well, it's stage. like you know, it's still a great show. I mean, I, but I'm not yeah. saying it isn't. It's a way to get like no, but I mean, I think recognition. But it's the same as any other show. Like it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a genre. But I think it's sometimes I on this podcast and and others. I mean, I did go on. Comedy Central's Roast Battle podcast in the Viacom building, and I talked uh, the truth. Uh, you know, sometimes I think I concentrate on the negative experiences of Roast Battle, but I will say that that's a show that in five years has helped literally hundreds of comics uh, get clout, get writing gigs, get on television like myself, get uh, cartoons, 
you know, I owe it a lot. Brian Moses is like the perfect host. You know, it's five years of hosting that show, and there's no one else who could have done it. Uh, and, you know, Jeff Ross got it on television. You know, I mean, without Jeff, it wouldn't have been on TV. If it was up to me, Moses, and Coach T, the thing wouldn't have gotten on public access. Uh, so, uh, you know, I always like to uh, give the shout outs uh, and Comedy Central for promoting it a lot. And, you know, a lot of people will say, oh, you're ass kissing Comedy Central. I'm really not, but uh, they promoted it and made but it a great Comedy show. Central, uh, we might be pitching you a show soon, so yeah. look out for us. But I mean, like they did, like give it like uh, uh, a platform that you know we didn't have before. So I still I don't, don't think it's a bad show. I just think people give it too much power. Well, it's not like uh, think about it. If the Ding Dong Show or Kill Tony got a show on Comedy Central, can you imagine how many more people would be trying to get on that shit? But I mean, I think it's not, uh, it's, a, it's, and I've often said this roast battle is like uh, a slam dunk competition in the NBA. I mean, whoever wins that usually is not the best player on their own team, let alone the league. They're like the fifth or sixth guy who has just like amazing vertical leap. So they, and with no one guarding them, they can do these ballet, ballet type moves that you can't do in the NBA game. So what good is the skill if you can't do it in a game? Uh, you can't really roast battle a crowd. So work on work on your stand. Work on your stand up. We did a show uh, recently. I won't say where because I actually like the person, but they are a roast battle uh, favorite. Uh, and it was at uh, a non comedy store club. It was another uh, club where it was four or five national headliners, all very well known, all on TV, all uh regulars at every club in the city and it was one roast battle comic and it was a hot crowd everyone was killing uh myself included and uh the roast battle comic did not do well i mean it was very clear that they were in over their and it's heads awkward because it's awkward because they get writing jobs and it's like you're not gonna get writing jobs besides the roast of this celebrity person because and no, I did not get on the Bruce or the uh, Alec Baldwin dance. They went with uh, Caitlyn Jenner. Caitlyn Jenner, your so, ex-girlfriend, and uh, Robert De Niro, my ex-girlfriend. No, that was a joke. Uh, Caitlyn Jenner uh, and uh, Blake Griffin. So uh, my advice to you who want to make it in the world of LA comedy: get a sex change and play basketball. So, I, I need to do a few things. Then. Yeah, I'll see you on. I'll see you at Doctor Fisher's office when the nip tuck is happening. You know, I'm not even worried because here's the thing: Earl and I are pitching some shows soon together. I know it's crazy. Let's hope we don't break up because that's gonna be awkward. Because I'm gonna be signing yeah, these checks. We're business. Business is business. It's strictly financial because we're two Jews just trying to make it. So uh, yeah, I mean, you you, you move on, but like just finishing up the roast battle topic is like you, you got to work on your jokes stand-up jokes because if you do well on roast battle i thought we weren't talking about stand-up on this podcast yeah. well it's just the way the podcast goes you, you start on one thing getting and by the way uh, that's a road dogs rescue earl your, how was your vacation so we're not going to talk about personal stuff on this oh, okay uh, <laughs> So, uh, bitch. but you know, you, you know, if you, you do well on, uh, roast battle, uh, on the TV, you know, if you get on season four, if there is a season four and you're going to get asked to headline a gig in Palm Springs, great, congratulations, but like, you better have the fucking time. Like you better like have the stand up chops. Cause now you're not going to go to Palm Springs or Santa Barbara or Fresno or the San Jose improv and just rip on people in the crowd for 45 minutes. And if you don't contact me, I don't know if you can afford me. Probably not, but I write jokes for a living for celebrities. Yes. Chandler right now has a, <laughs> a show on discovery channel, a shark week with Rob Riggle. She's got the uh, Riggle's picks on Fox, which is the, the highlight of the Sunday morning uh, we were Fox for, TV show. My episodes were submitted for Emmys last year. so She's an Emmy-nominated writer. Uh, and uh, she also is a, uh, what's the show? Global where you... Investigator. It'll be out Thanksgiving week on Discovery. It's very funny and very educational. So she's literally an Emmy-nominated writer who's got three shows in the can and, and projects up to yin-yang all the time. 
So, uh, you know, she's, you know, she's a UCB person, uh, improv for those of you who don't know what that is. Uh, but you know, she's like, she's saying with roast battle, you move on and you, you, you do, you get what you can from it. Yeah. You know, I'm it, not saying it's bad at all. I, there, Frank Castillo is amazing. Castillo. 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 Right. Sorry. I'm from the South. Castillo. I think he's very funny and his standup has improved. He deserved to be passed with the comedy store this last month. Like, Absolutely. He, and I was so happy for him and he did exactly what everyone should do. Just like my good friend, Sarah Tiana did just like you've done Earl, like do the show and learn from it and, and move learn, on and move on. But I was lucky else. though. In my case, you know, I had 13 years of stand up, but I had 13 years of stand up too. So, you know, when I got back from Montreal and I was offered, hey, do you want to headline this club or whatever? Uh, and I didn't get like a ton of offers like that, but I did get some. I had 13. But you got I'm Dying up here yeah. and you got the jellies and you got like. But it goes to the point of. Schneider, like. I had 13 years of stand up to back up the gigs I was going to get. Some of these roast battle comics, they don't have three years of stand up and they don't realize it's when you're asked to headline or even feature, uh, it's not just standing up there for a half hour you know just staying up there it's a half hour 45 minutes to an hour plus of uh a plus material uh so uh i don't think people realize that it's not just doing the time it's doing it well so uh you know just be prepared for your opportunities and like you got ucb you've done great on it but you move on you do other things yeah so i know and i don't give ucb too much power you know i've taken the whole summer off you saw that like I I love UCB. I love doing um, Harold's and no, explain the, what Harold's are herald to people is, who don't. Um, a Harold is a form of it's a long form of improv where it's three scenes with two uh, inner scenes like in between the three scenes, two games, which is what we call it. And all the scenes have to connect and they have to be one part one act two act three act and they have to make sense and it completes a herald which is what it what it's called when it comes full circle so it's about an hour show it's a it's like a puzzle piece um and it's all made up on the spot earls come to a few of my shows but i don't even i love ucb i love my ucb friends i don't even give that one skill or that one place too much of my life i love it and i'm probably going back in the next month when i get off my show but i think it's important as a comic to always be creating abc and always be looking for new skills and um that's where if you keep moving in this industry and you keep creating and looking for new outlets you keep succeeding but I also will say, uh, you also have to stand up for yourself. Absolutely. Like, you know, which I did. I did that a month ago and it was very difficult. And you saw me through a lot of like stress and it's kind of come back to help me out. So, right. but it's a very scary thing when it's yourself and you stand oh, yeah. up for yourself. Like I don't have an agent or manager for stand up. Yet. I'm with the best voiceover agency in town. They are the fucking tops. So I don't get fucked with. Like if I, if I'm called in for a gig for voiceover, they know who my agent is, uh, and she's like very well respected in the business. So there's no bullshit. Also, she's very nice. Oh yeah. Well, you had, you didn't even meet the main one. Like yeah. my main one is the other person, oh. but uh, the other uh, assi like the secondary assistant, primary assistant to a lot of people, or primary agent to a lot of other people is like she's just taking shit. Like. So, uh, you know, I don't think I burned any bridges with Comedy Central. I did their festival. Uh, no, I don't think you did at all. And, you know, at the end of the day, when you stand up for yourself, you're more respected because you're not a fucking pushover. Well, I think they uh, respect me. for. They might not have appreciated how I uh, voiced my displeasure. But, I but did when you don't have a manager, you have to you find have to. another way. Or you just take it in the ass. And it's like, well, let's use Earl. He won't complain. Or, you know, let's not use Earl. He'll complain. So, uh, you know, that's, uh, we hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. And also Venmo us. Venmo me. Fuck for, that. PayPal me. Venmo me at, hold on. What's my Venmo name? I've had to change it a few times because my Wriggles Picks podcast people sent me money and 
people told me it wasn't nice. Venmo me at Chandler Barbie, B-A-R-B-E-E for Earl and I to get a new dog because fuck road dogs. Or if you don't want to Venmo Chandler or PayPal Daddy at eSkakel at AOL.com, uh, or leave a review for the podcast. A couple of you have. And I appreciate that. And I'm not asking you to leave phony reviews. Like, oh, my God, this is the greatest podcast ever. If you like it, great. If you don't like it, say how how I can improve it. Uh, I still, my favorite review on there is this one guy who said, and I can't take down the, the bad reviews, and I wouldn't even if I could. Guys like, oh, it used to be a really cool podcast with guys like Stephen Piercy from Rat. Now it's just a bunch of comics that don't know. Unsubscribed. Uh, it doesn't really help me uh, make it better if you just, like, act like a baby and uh, tell me why you don't like it to, you know like well i guess in this, i like that he said unsubscribe but i think that's pretty funny i mean i get you want me to have like rogan has bernie sanders and i'm having on you know a roast battle comic you know it, let's read some of your recent comments on itunes from saturday this is two days ago father of two in iowa said be cool act like you've been there five stars also, Bull Penis on Saturday said, be cool, five stars. That is all. See, that's the Danish and O'Neill Our fans. master on Friday said, Earl is hilarious, full of wit, and cuts like a razor. His episode with Josh Wolf is second to none. Genius, five stars. Roscoe Soul Train said, daddy got a huge peck, baby. Great host, awesome guest. Let's get stoned said. <laughs> Earl never disappoints. Week in and week out, he gets the most out of his guests and isn't afraid to ask the tough questions. If you enjoy comedy and peeling back the curtain on some of the things that go down in the comedy world, definitely give this podcast a listen. Legend, five stars. But then I get some guy, and it's a pretty funny bet. It's a negative review. He said, I play it safer than any podcaster out there. I don't ask tough questions. But like I look at this podcast as... Uh, it's not my job to antagonize my guests. Like I had Tani Katane on. I could have been like, so what was it like fucking OJ Simpson? Uh, but she didn't want to talk about it. So why would I bring it up? That we know of. So, uh, you know, thank you guys. I like that someone said his podcast is a one-man operation from an undisclosed location in West Hollywood. But like low-key, you've given our location of yeah. where we live in West Hollywood so many times that I'm like, please don't do that ever again. Well, I've given out my home address on this Please thing. don't. Please. I've given out uh, my cell phone number on no, the Comedy Central no, podcast. Don't. Well, I have, so it's already too late. So don't do it again. So uh, Chandler Barbie, where can people find you online? At Chandler Barbie. Wait, someone said interviews are chill and has no elderly sex fantasies. <laughs> what the fuck? Well, thanks for the review. <laughs> but if you don't like the podcast, say why. Say, well, your voice is too... Uh, you know, I when I did Joey Diaz podcast, Joey puts his episodes up on YouTube, and I, for some reason, I thought, oh, well, let me see what they're saying about me on YouTube. And one guy said, "This guy's voice is so annoying; they should put it in all mental wards to make the patients go to sleep." <laughs> so yeah, I can't do anything about my voice, but uh, uh, thank you guys for listening. That's uh, at Chandler Barbie. That's C H A N D L E R B A R B E E on uh, Instagram and Twitter. And uh, you guys know where to find me. At uh, Chandler Barbie Skakel. Yes. No, it's not where you <laughs> find me. Anyway, uh, Inappropriate Earl is on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. Uh, leave a review. It helps get us bigger numbers and guests. It's all about the algorithms on Apple Podcasts. Can I make a fart noise? You know, no. So I love you guys all. Inappropriate Earl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.